Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me today for Kingdom Rock Radio. It's a brand new season of programming, so I pray that you're ready to dive into the rich word of God. Here's a sample of today's broadcast. It's like folks saying about tithing and coming to church. They're not saying that coming to church is a bad thing, but just not now. They're not saying that giving their life to Jesus is the bad thing, but just not now. I want to do what I want to do now. Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome once again to yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today. Well, on today's broadcast, this message is entitled, Stop Playing With Fire. That's right, you heard it correctly. Stop Playing With Fire. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. And when he returns, will he still find faith on the earth? And only you know the answer to that question. Well, we give you some keys and some wisdom from the book of Haggai in this broadcast. And I tell you, this is one broadcast you don't want to miss. You may even want to download this message and share it with a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes this message entitled, Stop Playing With Fire, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. And when you're finished listening to the message, how about dropping us a line? We'd love to hear from you. Just email us at media, that's M-E-D-I-A, media at kingdomrock.org. Or just simply log on to the website and go to the broadcast page and you'll find an email link at the bottom. And to those of you that would like to subscribe to the website and to support this work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would love to have you. There is a subscription button at the bottom of the broadcast page. Check it out at KingdomRock.org. Well, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Stop Playing With Fire, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. How many of you tonight came to hear a word from the Lord? You came for the word. Here's another, here's a million dollar question. How many of you know that the Lord has a word for you tonight? You are here tonight to receive that word. A lot of people can come, but not many people are expecting to hear. Not Not many are expecting to hear. A lot of people just come for a sermon, not necessarily here to hear what God has to say. Are you with me, everybody? So let's fight distraction and press in to see what God has to say for us and to say to us. All right, let's go to the book of Haggai tonight. Haggai. The Lord brings us there to the book of Haggai. Haggai, the first chapter. And he has revealed some mighty interesting things. Mighty interesting things. That we're going to see here tonight. Too low. <clears throat> Haggai, the first chapter. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you. Remember, if you don't know where it is, use your friend. Where's your friend? Your table of contents. Use your table of contents. You know, I have had to, in times past, sitting in the pulpit when another minister is preaching, and he gave a book. I remember the book was Nahum. I'm like, Lord, okay, where is Nahum in my Bible? You know what I did? And sitting in front of the church, Brother Charles, you know what I did? I flipped through my table of contents. Not dare anybody to come and point at me. You hear what I'm saying to you? Look at your table of contents. If you don't know where it is, find it. In my Bible, it's on page 1199. If that helps you, we'll wait just for a moment for you to find that in the book of Haggai. Don't go there very often, but you will definitely... Receive what the word of the Lord has to say to you tonight. Are we there? Amen. Amen. All right, the book of Haggai. I'm going to read to you, I mean, the the entire first chapter 
Uh, it's only about 15 verses, but we're not going to read, uh, read them all. Uh, but the starting verse 1, it says, uh, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet unto Zerubbabel, uh, the son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and the house lie waste? Rather than this house lie waste. Verse 5. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into bags with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye look for much and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, um, uh, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. All right, then it goes on. We'll get further on into this in just a moment. Now, if you've got just a little time tonight, I can give you what the Lord has given me to give to you. Amen? I want to speak from the subject of, you're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. I'm not sure who this word is for tonight, but the Lord sent me here to tell someone that you're playing with fire. Now, we're using the word fire here as an acrostic, meaning that every letter of the word uh, has a specific meaning. Fire, F-I-R-E. You can write this down or make special note of it. The word fire can be broken down in, in these words. Flagrant, irrefutable, reprehensible, error. Now, these aren't words that we hear every day, nor do I use every day. But this is what I heard. So I looked them up. Praise the Lord. Flagrant means shockingly noticeable or evident. Obvious. God said, you're playing with fire. You're playing with something. You're playing with sin that is undeniable. It is so noticeable. Flagrant means it's noticeable. It's plain as a nose on your face. Now, one thing about that we can see in this case here, uh, you, you'll see this word fire acted out or walked out in the book of Haggai. Uh, they had flagrant, flagrantly uh, disobeyed the Lord God. Flag, uh, the word flagrant uh, uh, means, again, shockingly noticeable. It's evident. It's right there in your face. But we still do nothing about it. Uh, the eye in fire is irrefutable, meaning certain. This is not up for debate. There is definitely sin in the camp. There is definitely something wrong. This is certain. This is so. Uh, 
the R in fire is uh, reprehensible, meaning deserving of, of reproof or rebuke or censure, blameworthy. Here again, someone needs to rebuke you. Someone needs to censure you. Are you with me? And the E, of course, is error. Simply wrong actions. Wrong actions. So here in the book of Haggai, as, as is much in the church today, they were playing with fire. They were playing with, they were playing with sins that were right there in their face. They were very, uh, just very, uh, flagrant, uh, very noticeable, very obvious. And, uh, the sin was irrefutable. It was certain that this thing is sin, that this thing is wrong. Uh, it was reprehensible, meaning that uh, they deserve to be rebuked and God is rebuking now and that they were in serious error. God said, you're playing with fire. Stop, you're playing with fire. And all those that play with fire eventually get burned. All those that play with fire eventually get burned. Now, what happened here in the book of Haggai? We're going to walk this thing through in just a few minutes. We're going to walk this thing through. And uh, if the shoe fits tonight, I pray that you put it on and wear it because it'll save you. It'll save you from being burned. One thing about fire injuries or, or burns, uh, it does heal after a time, but it always leaves a scar. It always leaves a mark. So before we get to that point, before we get marked for the rest of our lives, because we're doing because we're doing something that is obviously wrong and deserving of rebuke. God says, stop. Realize that you're playing with fire and everyone that plays with fire eventually will be burned. So hear this word that the Lord says tonight. Now, this word comes through the comes through the the prophet Haggai. God chose a man by the name of Haggai to bring this word through. Now, the word Haggai or the name Haggai means festive, festive. Uh, we can see that uh, the word festive in some cases means someone that's, uh, we could say, a party animal, so to speak, or one the one that was life, the life of the party, really outgoing, a festive person, full of life. He chooses one that is festive if he is true to his name, one that is full of life, one that is extremely joyful to bring a very sobering message. Stop playing with fire. Bringing a rebuke from God. Isn't that interesting? Now look at something. I want you to see something very peculiar here in verse number two. We're going to walk this thing through. Now, or rather, before we go into two, I want, I want to set the stage as to what's happening as the word of God comes forth. Now, before Haggai sends the word, before God sends the word through uh, the prophet Haggai, uh, the country or the people of God were in disarray. They were in trouble in a major way, major way. Now, I'm going to read this to you. I like the way the Message Bible brings it out, so I'm going to uh, read it to you again. Uh, the Message Bible, verses 5 through 6. And this is the um, condition of the society. Notice what it says. The Lord says, uh, take, a, take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. King James says, consider your ways. God says, take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. It says, you have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. It says, you keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And then it speaks to those that are working in the, in the economy here. It says, and people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted out bucket. That's what King James said. And he who earns wages, he who's working in the economy is working and they're making money to put it in bags with holes in it. 
Now this is the word, God sends a word to the people of God because obviously they're stressed out. They're worried. Why is all this stuff going on? Why is all this stuff happening to me? Why, why am I spending a lot of money, but I have nothing to show for it? Why is it that I can put on clothes after clothes that are trying to cover myself, but I'm still lacking? I'm still not warm. Why is it that I can eat, 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 and still not be filled? Why is that? So they're stressed out. They're upset. Why is it that I can go to work and work and work and work and work no matter how many hours I put in? It's like when I get home, it's like I put it in bags and it has holes in it and I still can't get enough. Can't get enough food, can't get enough money, can't get enough warmth. I can't get enough. So the word of God comes to the people of God in this state. Now, they are the people of God. He's, he didn't, God didn't send the prophet Haggai to the world, to those that were serving uh, demons and all these other, other false idols. He sent it to his own people. His own people were having a rough time. Can anybody identify what they're going through? They were going through a difficult time, and they didn't know why. Anybody been like that before? Go through a difficult time, and you have no idea why. You ask the question, why am I going through all this? Why is all this happening to me? Why is all this happening to me? And he goes on further uh, into verse number nine, verse number 9 through 11, and tells about more of the state of the people before God sends the word. Uh, he says this, and uh, the, here again out of the Message Bible, Verse 9 says, 9 through 11, and why? This is a message from God of the angel armies. That's the Lord of hosts, translation of the Lord of hosts, hosts of the armies in heaven. Uh, uh, this is a message from God of the angel armies. Remember, because while, because while you've run around, caught up with taking care of your own houses, my house is in ruin. That's why, because of your stinginess. And so I've given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. And they're wondering, what's going on? I've been planting and planting plant. I should be getting more crop out there. God said, I gave you a dry summer and a scrimpy crop. Listen. In other words, they, the people of God, had been stingy. And listen, let's, let's finish, finish it out. He says, and so I've given you a dry summer and a scrimpy crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess. I love the message Bible. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills. Withering gardens and orchards, uh, stunting vegetables and fruit. Nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop, is going to thrive. He said, you've been stingy with me, so I've withheld from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He said, I matched your stinginess. I've matched it. You're getting, God said, in other words, I'm giving to you exactly what you've given to me. Are you with me? So here is the state of the people. Before we go into what God said, here is the state of the people. They're at, they're in unrest. They, they're working and working and working and working and still have no money. I've known people uh, in today's society that one lady told me she has three jobs and she's still hoping to win the lottery. I said, sister, I don't have faith in that thing. I have faith in God. I don't know what you're talking about. You can work three jobs, four jobs, and still not have enough money. You're trying to put on, the Bible says they're putting on all these clothes, trying to put on all these coverings, trying to cover themselves from the harsh uh, winter, trying to cover themselves from the cold world, and you still can't get warm enough. No matter what you do, it's just not enough. So the people of God, I'm sure, were frustrated. They were aggravated, wondering, why, God, why have you forsaken us? We're supposed to have bigger crops. We're supposed to have more stuff. After all, we are living in the promised land. They were in the promised land, the promised land, and they were getting table scraps. 
This land is supposed to be flowing with milk and honey. You're supposed to have all your needs supplied according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's supposed to be your shepherd and you shall not want. They're asking the question, God, what's up? Why don't I have everything that you said I'm supposed to have? And so in, in, in this climate, in this climate, as folks are worried, in that climate, God sends a man whose name means festive. Who's normally, I'm sure, the life of the party. Hey, good to see you, Haggai. What's going on, man? I'm cool. How about you? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Hey, hey, who's normally happy, I'm sure, and go lucky. But now his, he does not smile when he comes. He's coming with a word of rebuke and correction. Because the people have been inquiring of the Lord, I'm sure. And now the Lord is sending a message. And now let's look down at verse number two again. It says, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Now, I love that. I love that. In, in the Message Bible, it says, They say, This isn't the right time to rebuild the temple, the temple of God. This isn't the right time. Now, I want you to hear something that that I got out of that as I was meditating on this in the word in this sentence because it says a great deal. Now the words say here in the uh in the Hebrew means to it does mean to speak it means to utter. And it means to speak and to utter really the words that come out of your heart because out of the abundance of the heart the what the mouth speaks. So what they are, what they were talking about was what was in them. They were saying, it's not time yet to build God's house. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. In other words, they were procrastinating. Now, what is interesting to note that uh, the people of God now, they had returned, been returned from the Babylonian captivity. They had been held in captivity and God broke the captivity and people came back home. And now that they're home back in their own land, back in their own territory... They had begun to build their own houses and they on they had begun to or to rebuild their own houses, rebuild their own lives, and they left the house of God in ruins. It was just a bunch of rubble. They said within themselves and to each other, it's not time for us to build the house of God, yet we got to take care of our own stuff first. Then as we get our stuff together, we'll take care of God's house. Please understand what's saying. They're saying it's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. Surely God, you understand. I've got to take care of me. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of my business. I'll get to you in a minute. It's not time yet. Surely God, wait your turn, okay? It's not time yet. And it seemed like they may have done this for a couple of days, maybe. But how about five years? No, mm-mm. 10 years, no, uh-uh. 11, 12, 13, 14 years, uh-uh. 18 years later, this is when the word of God comes to the prophet Haggai, to the people of God. 18 years later, God says, is it time now to build my house? Is it time? Is it time for you to take care of my business? Is, is it time yet? And I, I inquired of the Lord, Lord, why did you send the prophet 18 years later instead of two days later, two seconds later when they came in there? 18, 18 is the number of maturity. You see, because when the children of Israel were still in their infantile stage and they just got back home, you know, first year, you know, still infants, you know, up to the fifth year, still infants, still learning, still learning, up to the preteen years, eight, nine, ten, still learning, get the teenage years, the 13, 14, 15, still learning, but maturing, but at 18, you ought to know. You ought to know what place where God belongs in your life. You ought to know that he deserves first place. You ought to know that we ought to take care of God's house, take care of his business, and then he will take care of ours. Are you with me? We ought to know that. 
Now, let me read to you. Let me read this to you. Now, this is what the Lord revealed to me. Uh, this, this verse reveals the true intent of their heart. They were reasoning with themselves and others in the community that, uh, uh, that they should delay uh, the building of God's house. That was the best option for them to put off what God wants and we do what we want, delaying what God wants, delaying God's pleasure. Remember, the Lord said, build a house and I'll take pleasure in it. Build the house and I'll take pleasure in it. They would, they decided through their actions to delay God's pleasure and make sure that they got their pleasure first. Delay God's pleasure, delay what he wants, and we just have to make sure we get our pleasure in first. All right, that's what they were saying. Now listen, they weren't saying that the work would not be done. They just said it wasn't time. They weren't saying they weren't going to do it. They just said it wasn't time yet. They weren't saying that they weren't willing to do it either. They said, not now. Listen, they weren't even saying that it wasn't the will of God. They just said, not now. It's like folks saying about tithing and coming to church. They're not saying that coming to church is a bad thing, but just not now. They're not saying that giving their life to Jesus is the bad thing, but just not now. I want to do what I want to do now. I'm not finished doing what I want to do. I still want to do this and I still want to do that. I still want to whore around. I still want to do this and I still want to do that. I, 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 Let me get my pleasure fulfilled first and then God, after I'm done building my own life, then I'll help you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They just had other things to do that were more important to them than doing what pleased God. Isn't that what it says? Sure it does. They were passionate, they were passionate about other things. And they thought that God would not mind waiting until they got finished taking care of their own pleasures. Surely God would understand that they must take care of their own selves and their families first. Surely God understand, I got to take care of this. And for 18 years, God waited. And they wondered, remember, the whole setting, they wondered why they're working so hard but weren't getting anything in. They wondered why... Uh, it seemed like they worked hours after hours after hours on the job to put it in bags with holes in it. It seemed like it, you, you left the job and you got a thousand dollars, but when you get it back home, you don't know, but a trail of money's falling out and you get home to the dinner table to look at what you can spend and all you got is thirty dollars. And it seems like you're working from month to month, paycheck to paycheck, and still don't have any money. And they were worried about that. Oh, God, has God forsaken us? Why is it? Are we living under pennies and and scrimping by, barely getting by? And we're in the promised land. We're the promised people in the promised land. God says, take a good hard look at your life. King James says, consider your ways. Ways means direction. Consider the direction that your life is heading in. Consider what you've done with your time, done with your talent, done with your finances. Consider it. Take a good look at it. Take a good look at it. He says, consider it. Now, it is God's will to bless. Now, we could go. As a matter of fact, let me read this to you in in the second chapter. Haggai, the second chapter. This is what God has been warning for his people. But he couldn't get it to them. Let me show you the very end of the thing before we go further. This is what God wants for us. It is not his desire for us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. It is not his desire for us, for us just to go around and, 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 you know, and just be in lack. That's not what he wants. This is what he wants in the very next chapter. Let me read, I'm reading this to you out of the Amplified Bible. Uh, chapter two, verse number six of the book of Haggai. He says, uh, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake 
and make, um, uh, make tremble the starry heavens, the earth, the seas, and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire and the precious things of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. After you built this thing, see, because they could have had all this a long time ago, 18 years ago. I'm trying to tell you what they could have had 18 years ago. Have they put him first? God said, I'm going to fill my house with splendor. Now, listen, so goes the house of God. So goes your house. So goes the house of God. So goes your house. Because the Lord's house was in ruins. Their house was in ruins. But if they bless God's house, God blesses their house. Listen, he says here. He said, uh, I will shake all nations and the desire and the precious things of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. He says in verse number eight, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house uh, with its successor to which Jesus came shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. In this place will I give peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. See, we can get in the, we can get really get in the trap and get in the teasing. I've known people to run all around the world, all run all around God trying to get something. Run all over the place trying to do this and trying to do that instead of just coming up the middle, coming straight to God. We say, Lord, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard. It's the best way and it's actually the shortest way. We can run all the way to the left and run all the way to the right. Try to do this and I'm trying to do that. I'm this and I'm that. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Why isn't it? Just obey what he said. 18 years prior, had they just started on the house of the Lord and just done what he said, they wouldn't have had to go through all of that. God said when it's built, Splendor, I'm going to make this place splendid. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, and I'm going to cause the desire of the nations to come. They're going to bring their money, they're going to bring their finances, and it's going to fill my house. And in this place will I give my people peace and prosperity. What were they missing? They were missing peace, I guarantee you. If you keep drinking but you can't, but you're still thirsty, I guarantee you you don't have any peace. You keep eating, but you're still hungry. I guarantee you don't have any peace. You keep working and buying stuff, but there's nothing to show for it. I guarantee you don't have any peace. Are you with me? And so he said, if you just do it my way, just build my house, take care of my pleasure, honor me, says the Lord. The Lord says, just honor me and I will honor you. Stop trying to go around me. Just honor the Lord. Understand, we're playing with fire. We're playing with fire. God's house, his temple was in ruins. Very obvious. Very obvious to those that lived in that city and to those that passed by. Very obvious what the people of God thought about God, his house, and the priests that labored in it. Very obvious. Where were they going to bring their tithes and offerings? If there was no house, where were they going to bring the sacrifices if there were no house? Where were the priests going to minister if there was no house? Where was all that going to take place? Where were the bronze laven? Where was all that going to take place if there was no house built? But no, let's take care of our stuff first, God. And then I will take care of you. Meanwhile, there's an economic unrest in the land. Because they put everything else first. And as soon as they finish their stuff, then we go back to God and say, but how many of you know you'll never finish your stuff? There'll always be something else to get. Always be something else to buy. There'll always be something else that we desire. Always. 
Once we get the new house, once we get the new car, there'll be something else. Once we get the new shoes, I got to get these shoes. There's always something else that will go before him. You got to make an effort. Lord, I'm putting you first. And as you, as you put the Lord first, you'll find that everything that you've been missing was over there. Now, there is no quick fix out of any situation. As the Lord began to reveal to me like this, if we're going, if we were supposed to go to Florida, to Tampa, Florida, we're supposed to go down uh, 75 South to get there. But if you look up and you realize that you've been going 75 North, at the moment you see that you've been going the wrong way, What should you do? Turn around. Get off at the very next exit and turn around and then continue to go south. Now you've lost a lot of time. It's cost you time and it's going to cost you money because you got to pay for more gas. Time, money and energy now has been wasted. You got a choice. You can sit in your car and cry. Oh, God, I got such a long way to go. Oh, God, I got such a long way to go. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? You can yell at the other folk in the car. You had the map. Why didn't you say something? You saw it. Why didn't you say it? You can do all that stuff, but doing all that will not change the fact that you have been going the wrong way and that now you have a long way to go. Yelling at folk will not help. But what will help? Just getting on the road. Now now we can pray. Now we can pray. Lord, help us to have. We made the wrong turn. Now we're on the right way. Lord, please prosper our journey. Lord, please don't let there be any traffic accidents or any road construction. Let us have a smooth journey down because we have to redeem the time. We got to make up the time. Now you're headed in the right direction. Are you with me? Now there's no amounting up, no amounting, uh, there's no amount of repenting that you can do to change that. Are you with me? When a lot of credit card debt, this debt, that's this debt, that debt, there's no amount of repenting that you can do to change that. What we can do is make sure we're on the right direction, doing the right things, and be consistent in doing the right things, and we're eventually going to make it there. Are you with me? There's no sense in yelling and fussing and cussing and rooting and tooting and pooting. There's no sense in it. It's not going to change anything. Are you with me? It's not going to change anything. All it's going to do is make your ride uncomfortable for you and other people in the car with you. Are you with me? Ride in peace and go down the road. <laughs> now we're almost done. We need to get the rest of this. We're not going to finish all this tonight, but we'll get a good picture of what's happening here. Now in verse 2 again, going back to the King James Version, it says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lay waste? Is it time for you? Some translations say the word sealed here means to be paneled, or or even in the New Living Translation it says, uh, Is it time for you to, to dwell in your luxurious houses? You really got your stuff all together like you wanted, but what about mine? What about my business? The Lord said, is it time for you to put my business, for you to work on my business now? And then he tells them here, uh, in verse 5, consider your ways. And he tells them, in verse number 8, he gives them the solution. He says, go up. In other words, get busy. Now they understand now what's happening. He says, go up to the hill and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Now, I want to read that to you. I love the way the Amplified Bible brings out verse number 8. Now, we're almost done. We're almost done. 
If you don't watch it, you might miss it. Verse 8 says on the Amphibian Bible, Go up to the hill country and bring lumber and rebuild my house. And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord, by accepting it as done for my glory and by displaying my glory in it. You're holding up. They were holding up the glory of God, holding up God's pleasure because they wanted to do what they wanted to do to please themselves. I want does anybody know what we're talking about. You're holding up the glory of God, holding up the glory of God. See, the, the other nations would come and they would see the splendor of God's house. The Gentiles would come and they would see the splendor of God's house. But now they had nowhere to come. Because the people of God have procrastinated. They have not done what God said do. You say, well, Pastor, God's not saying for us to build a temple. We're going to build a church, but he's not telling me that right now. Okay, well, what about the house you living in? I'm not talking about your physical address either. I'm talking about your body, you. How often have we put off prayer? Oh, it's not time for me to pray yet. It's not time for me to give yet. It's not time for me to fast yet. I got to eat this first and then I'll do that. How often are we going to put God off? I don't have time to study right now. I got to work. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. How often are we going to put him off so we can receive what we want to receive? Meanwhile, the house of God is in ill repair. And people want to come to you for an answer, but we have nothing to give them. Because the house has not been built. Oh, that's a good place to clap right there. We got to build the house. Turn to Nathan and tell him we got to build the house. Tell him you must build the house. I'm telling you, because when the house is built, when the temple is built, and understand the Bible says that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Once the temple is built, then his glory will descend upon it and peace will descend and prosperity will descend and we'll have the things that we've been looking for. But see, the problem is we've been looking for it over here, over there, over there, over there, over there to the government for the bailout plan. Oh, you're going to give us some money. The government going to give us some money. Ooh, can't wait till I get my check, my stimulus check. Ooh. Can't wait till I get this. Can't wait till I get that. We're looking all around, everywhere else, other than to build the house of God. Build the temple of God. Are you with me? Maybe I need a third job. Maybe I need a sixth job. Well, I still got 20 minutes left. I can use, I don't really have to sleep on 24 hours. So I got 20 minutes left. I'll get a seventh job and still not have enough money going all around the world instead of just trying God. Turn to the neighbor and tell him, it's time to prove God. It's time to try him. I'm telling you. Now, the last point I want to show you is this. In verse number 12, after, now you can read the entire account when you get home. You can do that. First chapter, second chapter, I'm going to bring out a few things. We won't be able to cover it all tonight. Not even going to try, just going to do our best to hit the points that the Lord has designated tonight. After the word of God came to the people, after Haggai gave them that stirring word, consider your ways, Consider what you'll consider your life. Consider what's been going on. You've been really having a hard time and wondering why everything's been going on. Now, here's the people's response in verse number 12. I like the way the um, message Bible brings it out. It says, then the governor, uh, Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, the high priest, uh, Joshua, son of Josedek, and all the people with them listened. Oh, now, please hear this. Then the then uh, it says, and all the people with them listened, really listened to the voice of their God. Stop right there for a moment. When they heard the word of God through the prophet, they listened. 
They really listened. Now, let me read that to you. I don't want you to get the full picture of it out of the Amplified Bible as well. It says, with all the remnant of the people who had returned from captivity, listened to and obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, not vaguely or partly, but completely according to the words of Haggai the prophet. You see, up until this point, sure, they have, sure they're still having a service or two. But they, re- they didn't revere or they didn't honor the word that God gave through the priests. They vaguely heard the word every once in a while. Vaguely heard. Oh, yeah, he, he said something. I don't know what his church was about to do. I don't know. What, you missed service? Didn't you miss service last week? Yeah, you want to know what it's about? Nah, sorry, I'll get later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Isn't that how they do it? Even how they do it today? What was last Sunday about? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. See, listen, up to this point, the people vaguely heard the word of God or they partly heard the word of God. They heard it, but they really didn't listen. I want you, I want you getting anything out of that. They really didn't listen and people can come to church and think that they get brownie points. Well, at least I came. Well, at least I showed up. I did come. Well, I wish you would show me to the person who's handing out money to give you for coming. Where's mine? I've been wanting mine. Or who's giving out awards or or trophies at the door for those that just simply come? We don't get any. Are you with me? Because the people of God, now listen, (laughs) they have been vaguely or partly listening. Not completely. But now, now, They're really hearing what the man of God is saying. They're really listening to the prophet. They're really listening to the preacher. Now, if they had done this 18 years ago, wouldn't have had to go through all of that. I wonder, is anybody hearing? If they had honored the word of God that came through the man of God 18 years ago, they wouldn't have had to endure all of that pain and all that suffering. But now they really listen. Now, going back to the Message Bible, it says, uh, and all the people with them listened, really listened to the voice of their God. Now listen to this. And we're going to close out with this phrase right here. This is wonderful. I can kiss my paper, and I think I will. I'm telling you. I just love the word of the Lord. You hear me? His word gets so good sometimes, man, I could get some A1 sauce and put it on there and just... And just sop it up. Well, I can get some cornbread and sop that word up. It's that good. Last phrase of this in, from the Message Bible. It says, well, let me back up. It says, uh, and all the people with them listened, really listened to the voice of their God. When God sent the prophet Haggai to them, They paid attention to him. In listening to Haggai, they honored God. In listening to Haggai, they honored God. When did their turnaround start? When they heard the rebuke? When they had considered what was going on in their lives? When they considered their own life? Or as the Message Bible said, when they uh, took a good, hard look at their life and they fought it over and they realized, okay, my lack is a result of my own stinginess. My troubles is a result of me because I procrastinated on feeling God's pleasure and I want to fulfill my own. So now they repented. They really listened this time to the word that was preached. They really listened because I'm sure, surely God had some more people in here somewhere. Somebody came by and said, you ought to do something about that. Over 18 years, surely somebody said, you ought to do something about that. But they didn't listen to them. So what does God do to get your attention? I got to touch your pocketbook. 
to get your attention, I got to, I got to touch it. Because there's no other way you're going to listen to me. I got to, I got to touch your money. Now, I, I do want to bring this out here in the um, 10th verse. In the 10th verse in the Amphi Bible, it says, Therefore the heavens above you, for your sake, withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its produce. God said, I'm, I did all that for you. I allowed your crops not to come up for you. I allowed you to drink and drink and never be filled for you. I allowed you to work and work and work and and you bring home nearly nothing. And when you brought it home, I blew on it. I, I did it for you. Because if you kept going the way you were going, you would have gained the whole world and lost your soul. We have a tendency. Mankind has a tendency. When you get a lot of stuff, you think everything's going right. You don't really talk to God. But when things are going wrong, you all up in his face. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Their turnaround started when they heard the word, when they listened, really listened, not just partly listening, not just vaguely listening, but when they gave value to the word that was spoken, when they valued the man of God, they valued the word of God, and they begin to move on what was spoken, then splendor came. The desire of nations came. And so as the house of God was prospering, the people of God were prospering. He said, the Lord said, and yet a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to shake the earth. I'm going to make it give to you what is owed to you because you have honored me. That's all the Lord wants. That's all the Lord wants. If you realize, if we realize that we are playing with fire, and stop all of that. We can rationalize all day long why we don't do this and why we don't do that. You know, the Lord knows I need all my money. The Lord knows me. He knows this and the Lord knows my temper. The Lord knows this and the Lord knows that. And it's all of that that is keeping you back from peace and prosperity. All of that other stuff that we're still hanging on to. All that stinginess, and we said whether it's stingy with money or whether it's stingy with our lives or stingy with our time, all that other stuff we're holding back from God that we're delaying his pleasure. Because don't you know God won't have fellowship with you in a greater way? In a greater way? How long are we going to keep putting them off? How long? When the greatest lover... In the universe there that there ever is anywhere is seeking your attention. He says the same thing there in the book of James. He calls the people adulterers and adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That the spirit of God yearns for you? Yearns for your attention? He says, when will you put me first? When will you give me a little time? Oh, I would, Lord, but I got to go to work. I would, Lord, but I got to answer this phone call. I would, Lord, but I got to do this. I would, Lord, but I got to do that. Always putting him off. But the day will come when there will be no more time. And the time you wish you would have spent with him, you will not have any longer. Once you've known that the mistake has been made, Turn in the right direction. Be consistent in that right direction. And you will eventually have the things that you've always dreamed of and desired. Going all around the wrong way, all over God, trying to get something that you want does not work. Be obedient to what he said. One thing I can't stand is a hypocrite in preaching. Let me tell you that now, too. Men of God that stand in the pulpits all around the world, they talk about living right and they themselves don't live right. 
They talk about this and they talk about that. Men have women on the side and this and that and the other. They talk about don't drink, don't this and don't that. And they do it themselves. God's not raising up that in this house. And we can't have that in this house. I can't tell you to tithe. And I don't tithe. That's an abomination. Are you with me, saints of God? Tonight, God's people, those of you in this room tonight, and those that have heard us prayerfully, or those that will be hearing us overseas and in other nations and other places, when that word finally goes out, they'll have the opportunity, as you will tonight, to decide whether or not to build the house of God. Yes, we'll be building a building. But you know, that building will have no consequence if we don't build this one. Who cares if we put some more sheetrock and wood together? If this one is torn down spiritually, you understand what we're talking about? That's the problem. We got a whole lot of nice churches with a whole lot of dead folk in it. A whole lot of pretty sepulchers. Pretty, but nothing but death inside. Tonight, I want to give everybody an opportunity to come before the Lord tonight and make a decision. Because when people heard the word, when they heard the preacher preach, when they heard the man of God preach, when they heard the word come forth, they listened, they really listened. They turned their hearts to God and began to do the work. It all started with the hearing of the word and moving out on it. So if you tonight, we don't have to necessarily come to the altar. You can come to the altar if you want to. Well, we're going to really pray at our seats. Now, if anyone wants to come up to the altar and kneel down at the altar while we're praying, that's okay, too. I do it quite often myself. So if you want to, we're going to give you a few minutes because we're going to pray as a family. A few moments, right? Not minutes because we're going to have to go. If you want to kneel at the altar, come down. If you want to kneel at your seat, go ahead and do that. If you just want to stand, whatever you want to do, because we're about to pray. And if your heart's sincere, God will hear you. He will hear you and he'll set you on the right path. But if you partly listen tonight, we can't help you. So I give you a moment. If you feel the Lord drawing to the altar, then come. Don't worry about folk. Feel the Lord drawing to the altar, then you come and kneel at the altar. That is okay. In the name of the Lord Jesus. If you'll kneel at your seat, that is fine. Whatever position you got to be in to make sure that God's going to hear you. Because some stuff has got to change. Then, Father, I come tonight and I bring your people to you. You see their hearts. You know what they've been saying and what they've been doing. Father, I ask you right now, as we as a group, as a family, repent of all the ways we realize we've been going in the wrong direction. Tonight, Lord, we've seen it. We've considered. We've seen that we've been going in the wrong direction. Lord, tonight we thank you for this exit. We're getting off here. And Lord, we're getting right back on and heading in the right direction. Tonight, Father, we repent for not putting you first. And Father, we ask that you would empower us by your grace to continue to keep you first in all areas of our lives. We ask you for courage, courage and strength and focus because you are the reason for life. And without you, we are nothing Truthfully, we are nothing. We ask you to forgive us, Father. We admit our sins. We confess it. We ask you to forgive us. And we ask you to cleanse us now and give us grace to continue in the right direction. Empower us by your spirit tonight. Stir us up like you did the people there in Haggai. We didn't get to it, but stir us up like did the people in Haggai to move in the right direction. We thank you, Father, and we receive your grace. 
In Jesus' name. Let your heart say amen. Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus. We pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged. On behalf of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, we would like to invite you out to Sunday Morning Sunday School. It starts at 9 a.m. Sunday Morning Worship starts at 10. Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. Dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometimes. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. We'll be glad to hear from you. And if you'd like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world, just let us know because partnership has its advantages. Until next time, this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud. And I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Tune in again for the rich word of the Lord. Always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.